millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today on The Bell Tell, in this bonus episode, I'm Sam McBride, the Northern Ireland editor of the Belfast Telegraph, and I'm speaking to European Commission Vice President Mara Shevchevich about the biggest story of this week, the future of the Northern Ireland Protocol. We've heard a lot this week from our politicians, both in Belfast and London, but the European Union is a key player in this situation, and Mara Shevchevich is their most senior figure dealing with the protocol. Mara Shevchevich, thank you for joining us at the Belfast Telegraph. Vice President, when did you first realise that it would be impossible to rigorously implement the Northern Ireland Protocol? I think that uh, the, what is very important is to take a little bit uh, the, the, the step, uh, step back because when uh, we've been, of course, negotiating on um, all the very complex uh, Brexit issue at that time, as you would recall, it was express wish uh, of the UK Prime Minister uh, to look uh, for the Northern Ireland uh, specific solution. And we've been really negotiating in a good faith and uh, we agreed upon the protocol for Ireland, Northern Ireland, uh, uh, which ticked all the priorities, all the boxes which have been so important for us. The first uh, protection of uh, uh, peace, a peace process, uh, protection of, um, uh, of the uh, Good Friday Belfast Agreement in all of the dimensions. And at the same time, it was opening the, the new uh, opportunities for the Northern Ireland uh, business operators to have access uh, to the single market. So we can actually avoid the hard border on the island of Ireland. And uh, then uh, we've been, I, I have to say, quite surprised by the proposal of Internal Market Bill 1. We've been in, in intense negotiations with my then uh, the partner, Michael Goh, where there was uh, a request uh, for certain uh, transition periods. And uh, we, I think, found a good solution. We um, simply discussed how much time do you need for this? Upon which we have to focus uh, our attention. We've been doing it from the, from the start, and I have to say that uh, we also engaged with Northern Ireland uh, stakeholders, the political party leaders, uh, civic society, business leaders, just to uh, kind of filter through what are the most important uh, issues for the Northern uh, Ireland people. And uh, we clearly uh, concluded uh, that these are, the, uh, these are the issues linked with East-West uh, movements of goods, SPS uh, checks, customs procedures. At that time, very important issue of supply of medicines and and the way how we would involve uh, the Northern Ireland stakeholders in the in the dealings of the of the protocol and I think that 
we already clearly delivered on, on, on medicines. And I mean, uh, what I presented yesterday, our fleshed out proposals, how to deal with SPS and how to deal with uh, customs procedure, showing that we have a solutions which uh, would bring, uh, uh, um, I would say, permanent state of the affairs, uh, uh, which would bring the stability, which would uh, bring the, the legal uh, certainty. And I think this is clearly in the contrast in what we found in that uh, draft bill, which was tabled on uh, Monday by the UK government, where the ministers could change everything at whim and uh, create uh, the, the permanent uncertainty and I think enormous administrative burdens for the business operators in Northern Ireland. I'm speaking to you from Belfast, obviously, you're in Brussels. Sorry, the audio just cut up slightly there, but we, we got a pretty good sense of what you're saying. You, you talk there about trust in the British government and Boris Johnson obviously has lied about this. He's been dishonest about what the protocol would mean. But do you accept that the European Union has got anything wrong in this process? I think that uh, uh, what uh, I have to underscore was that the negotiating on, on the protocol was probably the most uh, uh, complex issue. And, uh, and we've been negotiating with the UK uh, government for, for, for months, for, for years. We went line by line. And in the end, we jointly agreed to this agreement. Uh, we um, ratified it by, by this uh, uh, UK Parliament and this European Parliament, it had the full support of the of the UK government. So we really thought, okay, now we have a deal, we have an agreement which was ratified and as far as I recall, very positively uh, uh, received by the by the UK UK government. So of course, what you do in international uh, relation is that once you ratify the the deal, you have to proceed with the with the implementation, and this is what we've been doing. But from the start. Uh, I said several times that we know that our relationship with the UK uh, is so massive and, and the solution for the Northern Ireland is so specific that uh, we should really focus our energy uh, on dealing with unintended uh, uh, consequences and uh, to find uh, the solutions uh, for these uh, very concrete problems. Therefore, I started, uh, you know, this outreach and therefore we also established the different structures which would help us to solve these problems uh, in unpoliticized way, which would de-dramatize the, 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 the whole story. And we could use the experts from different specialized committees to actually hammer out uh, um, the solutions for the, for the problems, which I know that some of them are cumbersome for the people in Northern Ireland. I, I spoke yesterday to a businessman called Dermot Johnson in Northern Ireland. He's a small businessman. He is pro the EU. He voted remain in the referendum. He doesn't trust or particularly like, I don't think, Boris Johnson. But he has been driven crazy by the bureaucracy that he has found for his business. And he was recently trying to buy a few cases of beef flavour crisps from England. And the manufacturer in England refused to sell those to him because it would mean that he would have to hire a vet to complete an export health certificate that would be expensive and um, because the beef flavor contains a product of animal origin and that's on top of customs paperwork what what do you say to somebody like him this is the protocol that you negotiated that's what it means is that really necessary to protect the single market i think what is important here to say that uh, to all these uh, issues we have a uh, technical solutions but uh, to solve such a comprehensive problem, we need not only have a technical solutions, which we've been permanently bringing to the table, but also we need the, the political will. 
And the political will, unfortunately, um, to look for technical solutions jointly is not there, if I'm talking about uh, uh, government uh, in, uh, in London. And of course, if it comes uh, to the, the propositions uh, we have made, there are, you know, several things how this could have been solved. You know, just uh, looking in our past proposals, let's have a veterinary agreement. Let's have Swiss-style veterinary agreement. Uh, let's work um, uh, on um, um, our recent proposals, uh, which would mean that we would reduce our SPS checks by uh, by 80%. And yesterday, the press conference, I was just showing that uh, the, the, the claim, which I heard uh, uh, sometimes from London, that you need uh, several hundreds of pages of forms and claims, simply not true. You have two and a half uh, pages of the SPS uh, declaration, and that's it. And it's for the whole glory, and you can do it uh, once per month uh, for for all the all the shipments. So this is how we see the expressway or our version of the of the green uh, green lane. And you can really use it not only for supplying the the the, the supermarkets, but we are also uh, proposing to to extend it uh, to all retailers. But again, this is not something which was picked picked up by our UK counterparts and therefore we couldn't um, elaborate on this issue. And we do the same for customs procedures. What we are suggesting is a reduction of a minimum of 50% of the customs procedures, but if we would finally get the uh, access to the, to the IT system so we could see what are the trade flows, what kind of goods are being traded, I'm sure that we can find even, even better solutions. But for that we need the engagement from the, from the UK uh, we need we need the political will, and uh, I, I am afraid to say that as we have seen by the tabling of the bill, it's it's not there yet. We hope that we will be able to convince our UK partners to uh, to join us in uh, in the negotiations and looking for the solutions which would be joint, because only they will um, bring uh, the needed stability. And you're talking there about cutting the um, type of bureaucracy that currently exists under the protocol or would exist if it was being properly implemented as as was as was at the time intended. But um, ha haven't you by doing that really accepted that there were parts of the protocol that you didn't need to apply? You could protect the single market without all of this extra um, very, very significant bureaucracy for small businesses and that actually that has undermined um, those businesses in some cases and has undermined stability here in Northern Ireland? I, I, I cannot accept that, unfortunately, because uh, what, what we've been saying from the, from the beginning, uh, that was the deal which was considered the, the best possible when we negotiated it and when we ratified together. So we really felt that this is what the UK government wants, this is what we need. As I, as, uh, uh, I said several times, for the first time in the history, uh, we completely outsource the, the the protection of our external border to the to the UK authorities and and um, uh, to your uh, border force. So so you are controlling uh, what is uh, what is actually coming uh, to the to the EU uh, single market. And we've been from the outset uh, very clear. If there are the concrete problems, if there are the concrete issues, let's discuss them. Let's let's focus on what is really uh, troubling. The people in the in the in the northern northern island, but you would understand that it's very difficult to make a progress if uh, if you are negotiating, and uh, we are bringing solutions, uh, creative uh, proposals 
suggestions how to deal with uh, with the problem and unfortunately there is there is no engagement uh, there is no constructive uh, uh, proposals coming from the uk side since the march of the last year so i'm sorry to say but we we wasted one year of time a lot of efforts very good uh, propositions and now we are i would say in the in the situation where the where there is a uh, where there is a, a political tension our aim was from the from the day day one to work on a smooth operation uh, of the of the protocol to actually make the the checks and the controls as uh, inobtrusive as invisible as possible which you have uh, in 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 your your hands with a remote it control for for us and uh, i thought that by now we will be focusing on opportunities on the new investment coming to the northern ireland and i know that there are a lot of companies uh, from the eu i had some meetings with canadians with americans who were just telling us you know people like to come and invest in northern ireland because it's a unique place in the world they have really this best of these two worlds because it's a unique place and that's only uh, business which would have uh, uh, operations on internal market of the UK and single market of the EU. And, and it's actually great. But what is very important for us is to know, are we going to, to build the company uh, to supply 5 million customers, 50 million clients, or 500 million big market? And that's a, that's a big decision to, to make. And I thought that by now, this is what we would be discussing to demonstrating the, the benefits, advantages which uh, the protocol brings and working on those, uh, I would say, unintended consequences which we know are there and which I think uh, if there will be a, a good joint effort from the UK government and us, we can, we can really solve them. And last year, as you know, Vice President, the British government put in place unilateral grace periods, which basically meant that Boris Johnson just um, himself decided that they wouldn't be implementing parts of the protocol. Do you believe now that those grace periods should end? You know, I would. I, I think that it requires a little bit uh, uh, wider, uh, wider response because what we what we hear that uh, uh, our uh, proposals uh, also from. From yesterday, they are not going uh, even further than the, than the current grace period. I think what it's very important to say, then first and foremost, uh, these unilateral decisions uh, coming from the from the March of the last year, they're illegal. They've been not discussed with that. They've been just decided by the UK government. So of course, I mean, if you're talking about the legal certainty, if you're talking about predictability, I, I, it's not good message for the investors, and it's not good message uh, for the for the for the business operators. Uh, on, uh, um, uh, on, on top of it, what we are suggesting and what I presented also yesterday is how we can jointly uh, solve uh, uh, these issues just to, just to make sure that uh, this is the approach which would give very clear uh, legal frames, uh, very clear predictability and credibility, you know, to the system, how it operates. And the operators would feel very safe in, in operating within uh, uh, within those uh, frames, and on top of it, uh, uh, as I just mentioned, for example, to the trusted trader scheme, what we are proposing here is is more what uh, what what is uh, actually in the in the draft bill uh, tabled in Westminster. Because we, what we are proposing is uh, that if the trusted trader scheme works well, and we we finally after two and a half years get uh, access to the to the IT. Uh, system that um, uh, we can expand the operation of trusted trader scheme and the supplies of uh, 
products, not only to supermarkets, uh, but also to, to school, canteens, uh, um, hotels, hospitalities, to the, to the retailers. So what I want to say is that by joint approach, and as I hope you, you believe me, there is all the goodwill on our side, we can achieve much more and, and we can deliver much better results, which will be appreciated not only by people of Northern Ireland, but also by the business community. But is there not a contradiction in the EU offering to get rid of lots of the checks in your proposals, get rid of lots of the bureaucracy, but at the same time now going back to court to say that you want to force more checks, more bureaucracy than we have right now? Is that not a contradiction? No, I, I don't think that it's a, it's a, it's a contradiction because uh, uh, you would recall that, uh, that the last year what, what I proposed was uh, that all our um, legal action was put, if I can say, into the freezer because I wanted to create uh, the conducive uh, environment for our negotiations. And, and I'm glad to say that there was a lot of goodwill from the, from the member states, from the European Parliament and also from my colleagues in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a commission. Let's use this, this half a year. Let's, let's deri- deliver the result. I'm still under very strong impression of my, my visit uh, uh, to Northern Ireland. As, as you know, I started in, at Fleury Bridge. I was shown a very uh, impressive video how this area looked, uh, you know, 25, 30, 30 years ago when it was actually the military watch uh, uh, tower. Uh, I very striving business community. And move on. Yeah. Um, what we have seen as a project in Shankarot. I was putting on the table the proposals in October. At the time, I said, I think they are in homestretch, that by Christmas this would be done. Fortunately, this has not happened, and instead of uh, engaging on us on on all these, uh, I would say proposals, uh, we have now I would say super unilateral approach, which is completely I would say ripping up the the protocol, the agreements we've been negotiating for so long. So we would understand that we have to uh, like protect uh, the single market, our interest, but we are doing it in one sentence with our propositions, with our proposals to get uh, back to the table, and still keeping the doors open because I'm absolutely convinced that uh, the joint solution would be best for the people in Northern Ireland. And you have you have acted unilaterally yourself to a certain extent by taking medicines out of the protocol. That's been very popular here in, in, in Northern Ireland and across all communities. Was it a mistake to put medicines into the protocol in the first place? Again, you know, I mean, we didn't put into the protocol anything which was not agreed with the, with the, with the UK, UK government. And uh, I think then, uh, the, the, very clearly, the, uh, the deal there was that uh, to protect Good Friday Belfast Agreement in all its dimension and avoid the hard border, that we have to create um, access uh, for Northern Ireland uh, to the uh, single, single market and, as I said, outsource uh, the, uh, our co- uh, controls uh, uh, to, uh, to the UK, UK uh, authorities uh, and of course uh, the supply of, of medicine is, is part of the, the single market and this is uh, because we are talking about public uh, health uh, uh, this is highly uh, regulated industry highly regulate, uh, regulated uh, uh, area and therefore it was uh, um, jointly approved part uh, of the protocol 
But we realized that there is an issue because it was, I would say, number one uh, concern and preoccupation of everyone I've met when I was in in, in Belfast uh, in, in October. And uh, and we sold it. And we sold it in, in record time. We sold it uh, after the very detailed uh, consultations uh, with, the, uh, with the pharmaceutical industry. We've been informing our UK counterparts uh, what we can do, how we can, how we can solve it. And I was also informing the all leaders of political parties uh, in, uh, in Northern Ireland because I know that it was very sensitive for them. So what I want to say in record time, we sorted it out, it, it works. Now it's not a problem anymore. And this is kind of recipe which uh, we might use also for solving all other issues. And, uh, and all this is within, within the protocol. And that was my idea how we should use our time um, uh, since February. This was my proposal uh, to Liz Truss at that time. But unfortunately, we just got the radio silence. And, uh, and after, after that silence, uh, we got the draft bill, which was tabled on Monday. And last year, there was a report from EU inspectors who said that they wanted to see more checks between Britain and Northern Ireland. They wanted to see more documentation. They wanted fees to be charged for um, firms which are moving food or plant or animal goods into Northern Ireland from Britain. They said pets should require more documentation, more checks, even when they're traveling with their owners. There, there were a host of areas where they said that there, there were not enough checks happening. There was not enough documentation. Is that is that still something that you want to see, or is is that something that you've moved away from? I mean, on all these issues which is which you just mentioned, I just really would like to say that uh, um, uh, that the solutions are there, but our impression is that uh, UK doesn't want them because they have to be joint uh, solutions and they have to be within uh, the protocol. And of course, when uh, when you start to implement uh, such a new super specific arrangement like the like the protocol, it was only natural that you would have uh, hiccups and difficulties at the beginning. Therefore, we we created uh, these joint structures, the specialized committees to have experts around the table to work on this issue, to consult with the with the business community. And I, I can tell you once again that what would help. The, the, the situation tremendously, it would be if we would uh, get finally the, the access uh, to the IT data. I have to say I'm very surprised that after two and a half years, we still do not have uh, access to the IT data, uh, database, which we've been promised. We are now getting some data from the UK. I have to say they are very static. We cannot use our analytical means to, uh, to assess uh, uh, the risks uh, of uh, certain certain goods, and uh, I have to say that we kind of uh, knew it would be difficult to develop the the software. We even offered the the UK government you can use the software which was there for as long as uh, as needed uh, uh, until you develop your new software. That was refused as well. So therefore, you know, you also have to um, uh, understand that uh, uh, if it comes to public health if it comes to animal uh, plant health, that we uh, simply have to have a much better uh, idea, understanding uh, what kind of uh, uh, goods are coming in. Just to give you another example, which would again solve a lot of uh, problems, was that we asked uh, UK government uh, for those goods, which are not at risk, means that they will stay in Northern Ireland, uh, to use very simple solution. Put a sticker on it. 
put the label on these products uh, that they are for uh, the UK for the sale in the UK only. Nothing happened. If you have it in, I don't know how many documents, nothing happened. And so if, if it's such a big problem to put the sticker uh, for, for UK only, when you can put, I don't know, three for the price of two in every single, you know, supermarket. So, I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it's really not, not a big, uh, big, big challenge. So therefore I'm coming back to the, to the, to the political, to the political will and to the constructivity needed, I mean, to, to solve uh, the issues. We can solve them technically, but we need a political will and political partner to do it with us. Let me let me ask you one more question before I come on to more, more of the politics of this about the, the technical aspects. So EU law is clear that firms who are moving goods into Northern Ireland should be charged for the the sea border bureaucracy, if you like, for checking the forms, for the processes there. That's not happening right now. Is that something you want to happen under your proposals? I think that, uh, of course, this is uh, very technical, so I would need uh, uh, to see the, I would say, the, the real specific question to give you very precise answers, and we'll be very happy to give it to you subsequently. But as, a, as I would say, general, general approach, uh, uh, we, I think, have to, of course, distinguish uh, the goods uh, which uh, will be staying in the Northern Ireland, so they are not at risk. Uh, uh, to be shipped further to Ireland, or they would end up in that, I don't know, supermarkets in France, Germany, or in, in my country, in, uh, in Slovakia. And uh, then, of course, uh, uh, if they are entering uh, uh, into, the, into the single market, uh, uh, so then, of course, all the, all, the, all the procedures which are related to the single market should be, should be applied. And I think this is not uh, contested even by the, by the UK government. Coming on to the politics of this, do you think the protocol can survive if almost all of unionism in Northern Ireland is against it? As you know, I am uh, in um, uh, active uh, contact with all uh, political leaders. Uh, I, I've been in contact with Sir Jeffrey, and uh, um, and uh, I told him personally, and I and I told it publicly. We are not looking for political victory in this discussion. We just want uh, uh, to sort out all practical issues which are linked with the application of protocol. I think that uh, what we what we share uh, with uh, 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 with all parties in the Northern Ireland is that uh, you want uh, to reduce the, the the bureaucracy, the the checks the complexity of it uh, uh, to, the, to, the, to the maximum. And, and what I'm telling here is that if we would get the cooperation, if we would have IT access, we can push all this uh, uh, to the bare uh, minimum of, of checks and uh, controls. And when, if I recall correctly, the discussions with uh, uh, unionist uh, leaders the number one preoccupation was also east-west trade. So it was again coming back to the, you know, SPS checks to the to the to the to the customs uh, uh, formalities. And my impression always was uh, that the focus was on uh, the solutions, on making sure that uh, uh, we are not uh, putting in any danger east-west trade. But at the same time, I, I felt. Uh, that uh, also for unionist uh, community and and I had the chance to uh, to to, sp uh, to speak to quite a lot of uh, uh, business leaders 
there they are very thrilled by the opportunities which the which the single market of the European Union is is, is offering. So I hope that by our sincere hope and sincere wish to sort it out in a way which would be possible and delivering the. So, so what I was what I was saying was yes. that uh, that of course we are ready to to continue our contacts with uh, uh, all political leaders and I actually uh, you know invited uh, all of them uh, for our uh, bilateral uh, conversations and um, as I said we had uh, uh, very good discussions with the Sir Jeffrey before and I hope that by uh, focusing on the on the same um, uh, priorities uh, how to reduce. Uh, uh, the bureaucracy, how to increase uh, the, the, the um, increase the opportunities uh, for the uh, business operators in uh, uh, Northern Ireland, and uh, putting under no uh, peril or uh, difficulties the, the east-west trade. Uh, I hope that we can we can find uh, uh, the solution which would be acceptable for everyone in Northern Ireland. The, the core aim of the protocol was to protect the Good Friday Agreement, as you've said there. And yet David Trimble, who was the key unionist architect of that agreement, has said that the protocol rips the very heart out of the agreement. How can you, with all due respect, um, say that you know more about the Good Friday Agreement, about how it should be interpreted, than somebody like David Trimble? Of course, I would definitely uh, not compete uh, with, with uh, such an important uh, political leader who did so much uh, uh, for for peace and uh, so much for the Good Friday uh, Belfast Agreement. And as you know, I'm a uh, former diplomat, so I was following these negotiations uh, very, very closely and was impressed by how they've been conducted, by the results, uh, and of course, uh, uh, by the years and years of, of peace uh, in, uh, in um, Northern Ireland. So I'm definitely not in competition with uh, uh, Mr. Trimble here. But what I would like to repeat, uh, that uh, we've been uh, looking for the solution with our UK counterparts for uh, more than four years. We went through different options, different possibilities, and in the end, uh, when we've been looking uh, for the uh, best uh, solution, and I have to say at the express wish uh, of uh, British Prime Minister, we jointly concluded that the best solution is Protocol on Ireland, Northern Ireland, avoiding hard border, supporting supporting uh, the peace, supporting the uh, the Good uh, Friday Belfast Agreement, and of course uh, protecting single market, uh, not only for us but also for all those uh, Northern Ireland uh, uh, operators who will not have any formalities uh, anymore if they want to ship their goods and supply the 500 million uh, market. So. And uh, I think we very clearly stated also in the in the protocol that for us the Good Friday Belfast Agreement is of paramount importance, and and secondly that we respect uh, constitutional arrangement, territorial integrity of the United Kingdom. And uh, I hope you would agree with me that in no way we are trying to interfere in internal uh, politics uh, of uh, Northern Ireland. And uh, whenever there is a, a suggestion, request, or invitation. Uh, by one of the political leaders to talk to me, I immediately and automatically send the same invitation to all political leaders because I think that we have to talk to everyone because we need to find the solution which should be good uh, for, for everybody. So on this one, I, I can tell you that we are doing our utmost if we need to do more 
we are ready to do that because really we want to have this problem solved. And I would repeat, we are not looking for political victories, but for good results for the people of Northern Ireland. Let me ask you two very quick final questions. First of all, if Boris Johnson's protocol bill becomes law, is there any chance that Northern Ireland's firms will lose their access to the single market? I wouldn't go that far and I wouldn't speculate at this stage, but I have to say one thing that as you probably have seen from uh, also our yesterday uh, reaction, we are very proportionate in uh, our uh, response, very measured, because we want to keep the doors open, we want uh, uh, to negotiate, we want to find a joint solution. But of course, if we will not see our UK partners coming back uh, to the negotiation table and if the if uh, the bill is approved uh, as uh, drafted, of course, uh, then uh, nothing is excluded. Uh, all options are uh, all options are on the table. Uh, because and here I have to come to my introductory remarks. We put the trade and cooperation uh, agreement on the fundament of Israel agreement and a protocol on Ireland and Northern Ireland, and this is very much the trust and confidence issue because it's UK uh, who control uh, the entry of the goods uh, to the single market. So we have this absolute trust between us that uh, we can trust the partner because they are checking the goods which might affect, you know, the health of our people who might check what kind of products are being brought uh, to, to, the, to the EU market, uh, what kind of quality, if they are illegal, you know, all, I mean, that's, that's very important, that's very important element. And we've been ready to, to do that leap of trust when we've been signing this agreement. And we just hope that this would be, this would be reciprocated and uh, that we can, as I said, uh, solve all these issues. Just finally, there have been massive miscalculations by the British government. There have been lies told by the British government. There, ha there, there, there has been a pretty hapless approach to this entire process. But I'm, I'm not asking them this question because they're, they're not here. You're here. If you were starting this whole process again from the European Union's perspective, what would you do differently? Oh, well, that's, that's, very, that's uh, very good and at the same time very, very difficult questions because you always uh, uh, negotiate... Uh, in a um, uh, certain uh, time under the certain um, under under certain conditions and in, in a certain political political uh, environment uh, i think in in retrospect we would probably put uh, uh, much more focus on safeguards on phasing in of some uh, issues and we will be definitely uh, pushing much more for for having better uh, better uh, it access but i could assure you that uh, whenever we would start we would always uh, uh, keep the, the interests uh, of the people of Northern Ireland as our top priority, uh, peace, avoiding the hard border and making sure that Northern Ireland will get this opportunity to benefit uh, from the biggest trading bloc uh, uh, in the world and uh, to develop economically as quickly uh, as it deserves uh, because uh, uh, I think uh, that uh, that would be uh, the, the results we've been all wishing for and looking at economic performance over the uh, last year, I think that uh, this is working and that Northern Ireland was remarkably growing. And I hope that this will be, of course, sustained in the future as well. Vice President Mara Shevchevic, thank you very much for your time. When you get an Irish independent digital subscription, you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips. For a limited time, you'll also receive a €75 Euro O'Neill's gift card. 
So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish Independent. Terms and conditions apply.